Navigating the seasons of life. Navigating the seasons of life. I've come to emphasize the fact that life is in seasons and in stages. And we need to be aware of the seasons and the times that we're in from time to time so that we can rightly apply ourselves to the times and seasons of our lives. I'll say one or two, um, I'll read one or two verses of the scriptures and then we're going to pray and I will just start to uh, uh, preach and teach God's word for the next few minutes that I have. Let's read Genesis 8, verse 21 and 22 and then I will read a second scripture um, in the book of Daniel chapter 2. 20 down to 23, and then I would uh, trust the Holy Spirit to give me utterance as I take the word of God this morning. Genesis 8, verse 21 and 22, um, that was after God destroyed the earth, Noah's time, you know, and all, and um, God made a proclamation that sounded like a new decree or a new constitution was written for the earth. Um, and so after everything that God had done, God said, this is not going to happen again. I'm not going to destroy the earth again. And that's why we know that notwithstanding the threat upon our world today, God said in his word, it will never happen again that, will be, that there will be total annihilation of humanity. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. There could be onslaught here and there, but there will be no more total annihilation. That's what the word of God says, and I believe it. And God then made this statement afterwards in Genesis 8, verse 20, 21 and 22. He says, And the Lord smelled a sudden aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from its youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Verse 22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and day and night shall not cease. Just put one hand there if you have a purple Bible or you can you know, mark it if you're using your phone or device. Then I read Daniel 2, verse 20 down to 23, New King James Version. Daniel 2, verse 20, down to 23. And Daniel said, Daniel answered and said, before I read further, let me also just put a, a kind of precursor here. This, what happened here was Nebuchadnezzar the king had a dream. It was terrible. But you know the funny thing? The guy could not remember his dream. And he wanted people that would remember the dream, state the dream, and interpret it. It was tough. And it was very autocratic. The spirit of the ruler was upon him. That's the kind of spirit that we're seeing the manifestation in our world today. When the spirit of the ruler, which was upon Herod, in the days that uh, uh, Moses was born, uh, the spirit of the ruler was upon Pharaoh. In the days of Jesus, the spirit of the ruler was upon Herod. In, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, the spirit of the ruler was upon him. And one of the things that the spirit of the ruler does is uh, destruction. Massive killing and all that. Killing without, yeah. And I, I think the spirit of the ruler is in operation uh, in Eastern Europe. Yeah, one way or the other. So Nebuchadnezzar just woke up. I had a dream. I, I, he said, I had a dream last night. Uh, I can't remember it, but it was very scary. <laughs> I need somebody to remember it and interpret it. 
and um, he called for the astrologers and magicians and, and nobody could. And he said, kill them, just kill them, just be killing them. Yeah. Anybody that professes to be an astrologer and cannot remember my dream, kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he called Daniel, knowing that he also manifests the power of God one way or the other. Daniel happened to be a Jew in exile in Babylon. And um, they felt like, okay, the God of the Jews that you proclaim should be able to have something to say about this situation. And Daniel told them, you know what, guys? You need to give me some time. Uh, the difference between the God of the Jews and the God of the magicians and astrologers is that he's not a magician. He's a miracle worker. Yeah. And miracles sometimes have a process. Yeah, process. Yeah. So it's not the God that you just turn on and off. So in this case, you have to give me time to seek his face. There's a process. There's a protocol to approach this God. He's not a magician. He's a miracle worker. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, well, they obliged him and gave him some time. And then Daniel went and prayed. And God revealed everything to Daniel. And when God had revealed it to Daniel, in, 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 in Daniel chapter 2, when you read from verse 20, the Bible says, And then Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And it changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. And light dwells with him. I thank you. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have uh, now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. Can I pray for somebody this morning that you will know the king's demand? Amen. God will reveal to you the king's demand. Amen. God will reveal to you what this season demands of you. Amen. God will reveal to you what this time demands of you. Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord, we ask that you breathe upon your word this morning. Let the minister grace to everyone hearing, right here in the room, and everyone online, and everyone that will hear this after now. Let their hearts open. Let your spirit fill their heart. Lord, we ask that through your word today, transform our heart. Let fear depart from somebody's heart. Let great understanding come upon somebody's heart. Give someone divine direction to know the next thing to do. Give someone divine direction to know how to pray and what to pray about even this season. Thank you for healings, healings of heart, healings of emotion, and healings of our bodies. We thank you, everlasting Father, in Jesus' precious name. Somebody say it better, amen. Amen. Right, so, maybe the first thing I need to say this morning is that we should pay attention to shaping events as they often signal new seasons. Yeah, new seasons. Shaping events are not ordinary events. When you look around your life, you have your own shaping events in your life. When we look around our world today, like I said in my introduction, there are shaping events happening all around us. Shaping events. Shaping events. Shaping events are very critical because they signal sometimes new beginnings. 
sometimes a signal an end of an era. I mean, the end of an era and uh, beginning of a, uh, an, another era. Shaping events. When you look around your life, you see significant shaping events. If you're an immigrant here, you know uh, about the time that you know you have to leave a place for another place. That's a shaping event. And, and, and it brought, you know, maybe some very jarring uh, things to your mind you, to pull off. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham in verse 1, come out of your people, out of your kingdom, go to a place that I will show you. You know the kind of effect that that can have on your emotions when you believe, you have a conviction in your heart that God is telling me, go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, shaping events like uh, when, when you get married, for instance, especially if you're very serious-minded about relationships. And, you know, uh, uh, I remember the day I was at the altar um, about 19 years ago getting married to my wife. And uh, when they asked me, um, uh, do you take this woman to be married? I became emotional because it dawned on me uh, even all through like almost two years of, of, of courtship and all that, uh, it dawned on me for the first time that uh, this is it. This is it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that second guesses things a lot and I think through things a lot, but this time around, like, this is it. Right now, if you say this, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and I, I wasn't smiling. Yeah. You know, you know, as a priest, I joined people and when when I'm taking them through their vows and they're winking to their friends and smiling, I was like, you don't know. You don't know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> if you really know what's up, you should be sober right now. Yeah. You should be sober because your life's about to change. Yeah. Your life's about to change. If you're taking this seriously, your life is about to change. Yeah. The day you maybe carry your baby, you have your first baby, whether a boy or a girl, and you carry it in your hand. I remember when they put my first daughter in my hand. I was like, you're a dad now. Yeah. <laughs> This is a shaping event. Your life has changed forever. Yeah. You, you've added one more thing to your life, dad. And it, it, that's responsibility. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. The day you got your first job, or that you, you finished from school, you got your bachelor's degree, your master's degree, your PhD. You know, something happens to you. These are shaping events. All kinds of shaping events around us. Somebody walks out of your life, that's a shaping event. It's really if it's somebody critical, that's a shaping event. And when you, when you think about all the shaping events around your life, it's just the same way we have shaping events around our world. They signal something. They signal something. And you have to be aware. Abraham got an apostolic calling, a different kind of calling, when God says, your, your life is not going to be about your locale anymore. I'm taking you somewhere else. I'm taking you somewhere else. And there's a mandate upon your life that you need to be aware of. And that's what shaping events do to us. And there will be tests and trials but God wants us to pass all the exams, all the examinations that will come our way, even as we go through shaping events. Somebody's listening to me this morning, whether in the room or online, there may be one shaping event or the other that you are going through right now. But you need to get the understanding that nothing takes God by surprise. Yeah, nothing. Nothing takes him you know, by surprise. God is not thinking about how to resolve that shaping event. Yeah. He, he already has it. It's part of the grand plan. You know, I was telling, uh, when was I preaching? Last week, and I was saying, look, I think it was uh, staff, staff uh, uh, stuff, uh, uh, first Tuesday of the month with all the global staff uh, you know, of the ministry. And I was saying, look, some people think that God has lost control of their lives. I mean, what do you think was going through the mind of Peter, James, and John when they nabbed Jesus and were about to crucify him? Boss is going. Our boss is about to go. Uh, all this thing about 
kingdom of God is coming and all that is ending now. Because this guy, <laughs> yeah, that was a shaping event. I think people cried, people wailed. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, thought, you know, yeah. But you know when John saw him, John the Baptist, you know what he said? He said, behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Yeah, or the Lamb of God that was crucified before the foundation of the earth. Does that sound like God was just thinking about what would happen if Christ died? Because this guy, in his destiny, had been coded this crucifixion. He was called the Lamb of God who died, I mean, who was crucified before the foundation of the earth. Before the earth was formed, God already had a plan. In his grand plan, Christ was going to be crucified. If you are just there, right then and then, watching, you think, now we need God to come through for us here. This guy's going to die. And if he dies, you know, something's going to go wrong. You know, and blah, 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 blah. And then high blood pressure and all kinds of anxiety attack, panic attack and all that. Yeah. God is just looking. That it's part of the grand plan. Yeah. It's part of the plan. So if you're going through any shaping events right now, I just want you to calm down. Yeah. That is part of the grand plan. God is not losing control of your life. So don't be suicidal. I hope somebody's hearing me right now. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't go back to, to, to heavy drinking. No. Don't, don't take any substance. You're going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. God knows what is going on around you, and he has his own way of resolving it. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has his own way around what is going on around your life, and you must have that at the back of your mind. Now, I want to talk about what God wants you to preoccupy yourself with as you go through shaping events, whether around your individual life, around your family, or in our world today. You have your assignment. Don't take, take God's job from him. But there's something that you are supposed to be focused on and be doing even in the midst of the shaping event. Now, in the midst of the shaping event, God wants you to be focused on a few things. And I'm going to start out by just explaining them and then I'll pick three characters of the Bible to wrap it up for you to understand the specifics of what you need to be doing. But before I get into that, God wants you to understand the stage of life that you are in and live with the reckoning of the stage of life that you are in. Then I'm going to talk about seasons. God also wants you to recognize the season of life that you are in. Before we get into seasons, the stage of life that you are in. And I, I, I just want to describe it through one slide. If you can put it up for me. Uh, stages of human existence. Stages of human existence. You know, the, the writer of 1 John chapter 2 was just writing. And uh, in that writing, I could see him referring to these stages. Uh, 1 John 2, verse 12, 13, and 14. He says, I write to you, little children... Because your sins are forgiven you uh, for his name's sake. He said, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And he says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. In just that one verse, the writer of the first book of 1 John, the apostle John, referred to little children, fathers, and young men. Little children, fathers, and young men. Uh, let's go back to the slide. Let's go back to the slide. I don't want to read any further there. I just wanted to make a, a point. Uh, and when you look at uh, what I have up here, stages of human existence, this is the most elementary it can be. No complications. I, 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 I don't have a degree in psychology or anthropology. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm an engineer who studied business, a bit of law, and became a pastor. Yeah. So I have a degree in engineering, a degree in law, and a degree in business. That's all I've got. Yeah, no theology. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm studying theology right now to back everything up, but that's all I've got. Yeah. So this is as simple as it can be. But in that simple passage of the scriptures in 1 John 2 and 13, it referred to different kinds of people, children. Now, as you listen to me and as you, as, as you look at the screen, I need you to understand something. In your life, in your career, or in your marriage, you need to be able to ask yourself, what stage am I? In the midst of everything that's going on in my world and the shaping events I'm undergoing right now, what stage am I? God wants you to be mindful of the stage that you are in, the stage of life. Now, well, somebody can, you could be married for 10 years and your marriage is still in the childhood stage because you're still just learning and learning. Childhood is for learning. Adulthood, it spoke about young men. Adulthood is for living, 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 living. That's what adulthood is about, living, living. You know, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 12, the scripture talks about, you know, when you're supposed to be teachers. Said you have need for somebody to still teach you. Uh, it said, I fed you with milk and not solid food because you can't handle it. The writer of the book of Hebrews was saying that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verse 12, 13, and 14, thereabout. Uh, it says, for by, by the reason of time, you ought to be teachers. You have need, again, uh, that someone will teach you the rudiments of the first principles of the oracles of God and have become, uh, uh, become such as need milk and not solid food. We're just talking about... Uh, People overstaying a particular stage of life. You know, uh, uh, sometimes it's not about how long you've been on the career path. It's about whether you, are, you have decided to exit childhood into adulthood on that career path. And the issues that will come with remaining on one stage of life for too long. Yeah. You know, as, as, a, as a relationship coach, when I meet with people, I mean, all kinds of things happen in our relationships. But sometimes we tell some people, you know, you're actually okay because you're not doing badly. It's not as bad as you think because the, peop the people that just left before you came. <laughs> if I tell you this story, you, you guys will just, you know, you, you, you just excuse me, I'll be going home. Yeah. <laughs> if I tell you what you're going through because you are okay. You're, you're not doing badly right now. Uh, so that, that's what I'm talking about. You know, childhood, adulthood, eldership. He said, I speak to you, old man. It's about legacy. And in certain areas of life, God expects you right now to be focused on legacy. And you still think you need to continue learning. You're doing nothing with what you have learned so far. <laughs> yeah. God wants you to just focus on legacy stuff. And for some people here, in certain areas of life, you're supposed to be learning. And not assuming that you know it all. <laughs> yeah. Some people are making a mess of their relationships right now because you have a lot to learn. Your relationship is still in childhood. Yeah. And childhood is about learning. Adulthood is about doing and practicalizing what has been learned. And old age is for legacy. And in the midst of shaping events and different things happening in our world today and happening in your own life, God wants you to be able to locate where you are. And focus on what you are supposed to be doing. Because if you, you will focus on what you are supposed to be doing, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay if you focus on what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, the kind of input you're supposed to be making into that area of life. 
That area of life where you're troubled right now, can you ask yourself, what stage am I in that area? If I'm still a, like a child in that area, then I need to look for people who teach me stuff. Don't just think that I know everything. Yeah, some people are children financially. In the midst of topsy-turvy world, you need to learn how to take care of yourself financially. Rather than just be focused on, hey, hey, World War 10 is coming. <laughs> What's happening in your finances? Are you a mess? Are you, are, do, you, do you have it? I mean, are, are you at the stage where you're supposed to be building a legacy? Or you are still a learner? Yeah, because you need to learn before you do. And many people want to do before they learn. And then you turn things on their head and mess it up. So this is one thing that God wants you and I to focus on. Your ability to properly dimension your current season is key to understanding the, the, the forward path to a new season. Many people complain about the season that they are in and all that. I've talked about a stage of, I mean, stages of life. Let's talk about seasons. Let's talk about seasons. The second thing that I believe God wants each and every one of us, of us to do this season apart from recognizing and seeing life from stages, it's also to see life from seasons. And reckon with what am I supposed, which season am I? And what, I, what do I need to do this season so that I can find the pathway to the next season of my life? Because life becomes frustrating when a season of life is prolonged beyond the normal cycle. When my wife and I got out of, you know, London Etro yesterday, uh, this is the confession. I actually felt like going back to Lagos. Just coming out like this. And um, uh, God bless Brother Dekunle. Where's Dekunle? He was supposed to, yeah, yeah. Dekunle was to pick us up. And then Dekunle sent me a message. PG, I'm outside, so just come out. And then I came out. And I couldn't find Dekunle. And within five seconds, I felt like something's going to happen here because my hands were, you know. <laughs> the last time I really experienced serious winter was when I was in Manchester Business School, and I, when I was in school here. And that was a long time ago. So I managed my coming. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't come to this side when the weather is not friendly. <laughs> Except I hear God. <laughs> <laughs> so I even, I mean, some of the, 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 the real feeling of the cold, I'd forgotten it. Yeah. So when, when I came out, and by the way, you people are laughing at me because you say it's not, it's not very cold right now, right? Yeah. But empathize with me. Tomorrow, I'm going to Halifax. So I said, if London is like this, what will, what will befall me on the other side? <laughs> So that was why I felt like, just go back home. <laughs> but that talks about seasons. Seasons of life. Because there's a season that you are in right now, or you're coming closer to the end of it. Perhaps by next month, yeah, the spring break will soon be here. Yeah. Am I saying the truth, somebody? Yeah. yeah, so when you remember that, how do you feel? You feel good, right? That like this season is not going to last forever. Yes. Who, who can live in London if it's snowing every day for one year? Yeah, it's going to be a bad place to live. People will. But when you remember that a season, no season of life lasts forever. 
So if I understand that, first and foremost, and then understand the season that I'm in, whether good or bad, uh, that's the way I align with God's divine purpose. So, you know, we read earlier on Genesis 8, verse 21 and 22. And in verse 22, the Bible says, if the earth remains, Genesis 8 and 22, it says, seed time and harvest, hot and cold, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Genesis 8 and 22. If the heart remains. It, it, it was as if after the, 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 the escapade, or what should I call it, after the, the incident with Noah and God, you know, took everything away and all that, God rewrote the constitution of the universe. And this new constitution says, this earth, this planet, will work in seasons. And everything in it, and your experience and my experience, will be in seasons. Yeah. Genesis 8, 8 and 22, please. 8 and 22. This earth will work in seasons going forward. Can you ever tell your neighbor, say you are in a season? Yeah, tell somebody, I say, you are in a season right now. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about the weather. Yeah, when I say you are in a season. I'm talking about personally, yourself, you are in a season. Yeah, you are in a season. The truth is that you are always in a season. You will always be in a season. Because life, ladies and gentlemen, according to the word of God, this world runs in seasons. According to that saying, and until this, this world is over, it will continue to run in seasons. Let's look at the seasons in a cycle. Can, can, you, can, you, can you put my next slide on seasons? Uh, I just want to show something. Yes, yes. So this, was, this is Genesis 8 and 22. Yeah. It says, if the heart remain, seed time, harvest, summer and winter. Eat and cold. Day and night shall not cease. When I talk to young people, um, I was speaking to singles somewhere not too long ago, and I said, for instance, many young people feel like they're going to be young forever. Yeah. You know, at some point when you're single, um, suitors show up fairly regularly. Yeah. But that season, it gets to a point where the wheel is rolling gradually and there's a, a little bit of a slowdown. Some people are making money and the deception of money making is that you're going to be making money at that level forever. <laughs> yeah. Experienced people here know that that's just deception. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just have, you have a regular income, then you have something else with which you're making money and you feel like that one that's flowing in, I can spend it anyhow. Since I have this one, which is my regular income, but what you don't know is that <laughs> that one may not be there forever. So you, 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 you can't plan on that. You plan on this. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, life is always in seasons. In seasons. Just like we're experiencing our regular world. In my world, in my life, I'm always in one season or the other. In the midst of everything that's happening in my world, God wants me to understand my personal season. And the demands of that season and to live out that season appropriately after which I can move to the next season of life. Let me explain what, I'm, what I mean a little bit more. Seed time is a very demanding time. 
Somebody may be in seed time now, maritally. You may be in seed time uh, in your business. Maybe you're just starting a new business. Yeah. You may be in seed time in your career where all eyes are on you and you need to perform. You need to pull your weight. You need to pull your, yourself by your bootstrap and you know, just, just do what you need to do. Seed time. It's a time of investment. It's a time for digging the ground. Yeah. And a lot of the time, in your seed time, people don't care. Yeah. Or it looks like they don't care. <laughs> because you're just in the trenches all by yourself, digging and making things happen. But very soon you get to harvest time. The funny thing about harvest time is that everybody wants to be with you at harvest. And according to God's divine ordination, you should not harvest alone. Especially if the harvest is plenty. <laughs> yeah. Harvesting is not what you do alone. You allow people to come and be a part of it. Even people that then plant with you, sometimes God wants you to bring them into your harvest. It's a reaping, you know, so you, 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 you're developing strategies for reinvestment and, uh, you know, it needs to be done with other people. It's a time where things are, you're, you're happier, you've seen the fruit of your labor, and from time to time, we see that. You know, we see that. If I go to uh, the one that is more akin to weather, which is cold or winter, uh, or winter time in life is a time of loneliness. A time you have suffered betrayal. If somebody's listening to me today, you just suffered a betrayal. Somebody walked out of your life. That's the winter season you're getting into. You need God to take you through that winter season. But you can't ex escape it. You just need to understand that that's the season that you are in. I mean, winter, no winter lasts forever. Very soon, something will turn around. I was speaking to uh, a friend not too long ago who was just telling me about his business partner. Yeah, his business partner. Right in this city, uh, they, 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 had, uh, they made a bad business decision, yeah, uh, so to speak, and uh, they lost a lot of money. And uh, his, his partner uh, committed suicide. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was telling me that even this guy, you know, he was, he was speaking, you know, not the way I'm speaking right now. I was calling the guy's name. If only so-and-so person knows, uh, if only he knew that something is going to turn around for us. Yeah. Because while I was with him, he was actually, literally, wiring some good amount of money to the guy's widow. And he said, PG, today I take care of the widow and the kids and all that. And I, I, I can't but do that because we labored. We were in sick time together. But harvest came, and just because of one bad business decision we made, my friend killed himself. Yeah. Now it's harvest time. I must live true to the word of God by taking care of what he should be taken care of. But it's not here to do that because he was, he, 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 he freaked out <laughs> with a shaping event. So I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. Don't freak out. There's no season that's forever. There's no stage of life that's forever. You may be having a Having it rough in your marriage right now, don't freak out. Don't, don't, don't jump the ship anyhow. You know, just, just trust God to give you direction, to give you hope. Because our God gives hope. Glory be to Jesus. So winter is loneliness, betrayal, abandonment. It's a depressing time. Seems like there's no hope. But yet, summer will come. It's warm, cozy. Everything seems good, safe, or at least manageable. Yeah, and things can start to move forward again. 
When we talk about night and day also, according to that scripture, Genesis 8 and 22, night and day. Night is a time where you seem to be invis you know, invisible to people. It just looks as if opportunities are walking past you. You know, nighttime when there's no light, you can be in one corner, no light, nighttime, people can walk past and not even know you're there. And then you're looking at people who are in their daytime. It looks like they're getting all the opportunities. People are calling them, all the platforms. You know, when you're, when you're in your nighttime, your phone does not ring. Yeah. No WhatsApp messages, no phone calls. It's as if you don't exist again. Yeah. That's nighttime. And people look at that and then compare yourself to somebody in their daytime experience right now. You're going to take wrong decisions if you're comparing too much. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're comparing too much. One of the reasons why I'm bringing this message to you today as our world goes through all kinds of situations is that you recognize that God has a plan for your life. And if you're connected with Christ, then God has your back. Yeah. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if you open your heart to him, it gives you direction. It comforts your heart. It nudges you on. When you pray, it gives you that nudge. Go ahead, do that. This is not going to last forever. This is just transient. This is temporary. And so you don't make any silly decisions in the midst of chaos. One of the times that people make silly decisions the most is in chaos. Yeah. When you see chaos unleashed upon a city, normal people will loot. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. As in, people, <laughs> everybody just goes crazy. So, quote unquote. Because people are doing stuff. People just want to survive. So, me too. Let me just do something. I've come to tell you to calm down. Yeah, don't just do something. Let God guide you. Yeah, let God guide you. Because these are critical times that we're living in. Yeah. Let God guide you. No season of life is bad. Every season is important. Every season is important. You know, in, in the dark seasons of life, you need time to reflect, to be quiet. So if your phones are not ringing again, if you're not getting that kind of attention you used to get, and you're in your night season right now, spend it well. Yeah, because the time is coming where you have fast-paced life again. You won't have time for anything. You won't have time to think. So think well right now. Spend those times well. Yeah. Invest time with your kids right now if you have kids and you are your night time. Yeah. Maybe you're out of a job and it looks like night time and your spouse is working and they're promoting him or her and you are, you know, don't blame God. Spend your night time well. Because yeah. when the day comes and the day breaks, the way you invest in, I mean, you invest the night season, that's all you've got. Because when you pick up again, yeah, it's a new season. Is somebody still with me? Yes. I said, are you still here? Yes. Yeah. And this talks about light, exposure, recognition, rewards. The only thing about day is that it also brings a lot of enemies. When the spotlight is on you, people envy you. Nobody envies anyone in nighttime. Yeah, yeah. When the spotlight is on you, people envy you. So you need to recognize that someone can be in harvest season and you are in seed time. Don't compare yourself with them. Focus on your season. That's what I come to tell you. Focus on your season. Focus on your season. One good thing about this is that the seasons of life are cyclical, not sequential. How do I mean? They keep coming. 
When you miss a season, don't despair. It will come again. It will come again. Yeah, it will come again. Because many people think, you know, you know where hopelessness comes from? One of the ways hopelessness comes to people is to think that once you miss an opportunity or a season, it's gone forever. No, God doesn't work like that. Remember what we read in Daniel chapter 2? When, when Daniel got that revelation from God, I open with that scripture, Daniel chapter 2. When Daniel got that revelation from God, and he knows that with this revelation, my life is secured. Nebuchadnezzar is not going to kill me. Yeah. The first thing Daniel said, I think in uh, verse 20 or 21, is that, uh, he said, and he changes the times and the seasons. Talk, talking about God. He removes kings and raised up kings. And he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Yeah. Daniel was saying this out of an experience. He knew that if he won't be able to come up with something, he was going to be killed. But when God revealed that to him, I said, no, this God can change seasons. This God gives deep understanding. It gives revelation. This is the God that I will serve. That's the God I'm presenting to you today. The God of Daniel. Who changes times and seasons. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me wrap this up. Today my time is gone. Uh, let's wrap it up. with an. Well, this is an encouragement. But let's wrap it up anyhow. Why people get stuck in seasons. In old seasons. I'll wrap up on that. Why do people get stuck in old seasons? You see, God changes seasons, but some people have been in a season for too long. When a season lasts for too long, sometimes you are forced to make a decision that is not the will of God. Not, how do I say this better? Marriages are failing very fast in our world today, and the reason why some marriages are failing is not because it's God's will for the marriage to end. It's that some people get stuck in the season, and they don't know how to come out of the rough. And because of that, something has to give way. Businesses, enterprises die in the hands of people that God wants to you know, make a blessing to our world because they mismanage it, they get stuck in a season. A, business, a young business person who feels like it's going to be harvest time forever and has experienced a bit of harvest and yet refused to go back to seed time. Yeah, and pioneer again and reinvent himself or herself. That's what happens. Why people get stuck in old season? Let me hand on that. Ignorance is, is, is one of the reasons. Ignorance. 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 Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God is risen upon you. The glory of God that we speak to is actually knowledge, understanding how things work. Yeah. Light. Light. Direction. When... You choose ignorance instead of the light of God when you live your life in the way that you are not progressing intellectually, you are not progressing spiritually, you don't read the word of God, you don't know what's going on around you, you can get stuck in old seasons. Is somebody still with me today? Another one is, 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 is insecurity. Insecurity. You know, insecure people can get stuck in old seasons. You, have you met somebody who is practically paranoid before? Anything you do around them, they read a meaning to it. They don't trust people. They find it very difficult to trust people. And God says, trust me. I'll teach you how to trust people. Yeah. When, you, when you're so insecure, you can destroy what God has put in your hand. You can get stuck in the old season. If you, 
can't trust anyone around you. Can I tell you the truth? You don't trust God. Because God at least will bring one person that you can trust. I don't mean that you, you, you are able to trust everybody around you, but God will never leave you with one person at least that will be trustworthy around you. So if you have to deal with your insecurities, deal with it so you don't get stuck in old seasons. Another thing is immorality. We can't call ourselves Christians and live immoral and expect God to be changing our seasons anyhow. Sometimes God keeps immoral people in a season for them to learn sense. Yeah, he has the power to change that season. But let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody who has mismanaged, you know, maybe an opportunity or something that God, God, God made you a manager at work. You're bullying people and doing all kinds of things to people. You're not showing love. Yeah. Well, you, 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 don't, you, you know, you don't respect people. All those kind of things. I mean, borderline even going into immoral behavior. Sometimes God will say, if we promote this guy better, it will wreck havoc. So let's keep him in this season. Yeah. And then you can be praying as a good Christian, but God is saying, do something about that, and then the heavens will open over your life, and I'll move you to the next level. Whatever is holding anyone down in an old season here, I pray today that God is shifting that thing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Idleness. Idleness. A world, things are moving very fast. It can't remain on the same spot. You need to do something. Yeah. But do it in a guided manner. Yeah. Do it in a guided manner. Receive divine guidance, but move. Do something. Do something. Don't be idle. You know, we say uh, that the devil tempts everybody, but the idle man or woman is tempting the devil. <laughs> yeah. The devil tempts everybody, but the only set of people tempting the devil are people that are idle. Because the devil also brings stuff to you and says, maybe you can do this. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can do that. You know, because you're not doing anything. Yeah. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and say, stop tempting the devil. <laughs> yeah, do something. Do something. Yeah. And the last one is immaturity. Immaturity. What immaturity does is that it robs you of the courage. The, the courage to do something. Because you still feel like, you know, you, you, when you demonstrate immaturity uh, or you refuse to grow, it's a man of knowledge. The Bible says that we increase strength and your strength is needed to be able to pull to the next level. Yeah. 1 Corinthians you know, uh, 13 and verse 11, uh, the Apostle Paul, the writer of the book of 1 Corinthians was saying, he, he, he said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as, uh, like a child. He said, when I became mature, I put away childish thinking, childish things. If you want to move from a season to the other, the onus is on you to say, I'm putting away childish things. Yeah. I put away childish things. I put away childish things in my marriage. Yeah. Time will not permit me today to talk about that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like I say, as a relationship coach, I, I, I talk to lots of people. And uh, you know, in my heart, when I get home, I say, that guy is 45, but it's actually 17 or 13 emotionally <laughs> and needs to grow. Or that lady, <laughs> you know, in your quiet moment, you reflect. That person I spoke to today is 36, or actually 16 emotionally. Yeah. If I need to help the person personally, apart from rearranging this marriage, that person needs to grow because if not, they're going to come back here. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be back here. So it's important 
that we deal with our personal immaturities and ask ourselves, where have I been demonstrating immaturity? Where have I refused to mature and to grow? Because it may be keeping me in a season that I'm supposed to escape from. So all through the Bible, in closing, we see all kinds of characters. Joseph demonstrated a very high level of maturity that made God trust him to take him through. I'm talking about Joseph, uh, the son of Jacob. Yeah, Maturity that made him, you know, even Joseph, the father or the, the husband of Mary. I was still reading it this morning. Reading Matthew 1 and 2 in my devotion this morning. Uh, when one thing struck me, that was that they said, Joseph stayed with Mary and refused to sleep with her until she had given birth to Jesus. I said, am I, am I able to do that? <laughs> yeah? Uh, I mean, I wasn't part of the, this, this deal. God just took my babe, impregnated her, and then she forbid me from sleeping with her. And we're married. Oh, gosh, help me. I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I read such things, I ask myself the question. And it's good for you to ask yourself the question when you read your Bible. Uh, can I do that, really? Because it takes a lot of maturity, yeah, to do that. It takes a lot of maturity, a lot of maturity. And each and every one of us, we must ask ourselves those questions from time to time. Peter had the courage, the courage to step out of the boat. That's how we move to a new season. Yeah, the courage. Somebody here, you just need God to give you courage to be able to step into a new season because there's a new season ahead of you. But you need to recognize the season you're in, make the decisions that nothing will keep me uh, uh, in this season. I don't want to overstay this season. I want to move to the next season of my life. And uh, uh, there are many more things that keep people in old seasons, but I just feel like uh, sharing this fall with you today. Maybe the next time I'm here, if, uh, if I feel so led, we can push it further from here. Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and say, Father, help me not to overstay any season of life. Help me not to overstay any season of life. Help me not to overstay any season of life. Help me not to overstay any season of life. Help me not to overstay any season of life. Uh, some, somebody pray this morning. Pray this morning. Whether you are in the room or you are online, I want you to pray. In the name of Jesus, as our world changes and experiences shaping events, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace for calmness, for serenity, for peace, that your peace will fill my heart, that your peace will fill my soul this season, that I will always know the next thing to do. I will always know the next thing to do. I will always know the next thing to do. I will always know the next thing to do. Somebody pray, pray today. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes to understand the stage of life that I'm in and the season that I'm in right now. Help me to recognize the season that I'm in right now. Help me to understand the season that I'm in. Somebody uh, who is married here, you need to pray. Father, help me to understand the season that this marriage is in so that we can apply ourselves. Help me to understand the season that my family is in so that we can, uh, we can apply ourselves appropriately. Help me to understand the season that my business is in so that I don't assume. I want to walk in steps with you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Open my eyes. Lead me to revelation in your word that can make me step to the next season. Help me to hear your voice this season that I, could be di I can be directed to the next season. I don't want to guest talk in old seasons. Somebody pray, Father, wherever you have left, I don't want to stay there. You know, there are jobs that God, God has left that place, literally speaking, but you're still there. 
There are mindsets and understandings that God has left behind. But you are still there. It's just like what happened in Acts chapter 10. God left the ministry to the Jews uh, and sent Peter to, to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile. And he was bold enough, courageous enough to go. Will somebody pray today? Father, wherever you are sending me this season, I want to be able to go. Help me to see opportunities. Help me to see opportunities. Help me to see what will take me to my next level. I don't want to be stranded in anything old. I don't want to be stranded in anything old. I don't want to be stranded in anything old. I don't want to be stranded in anything that is outside of your agenda. I want to work with you. And I want to be relevant in things that you are doing in my life. And in things that you are doing in your kingdom this season. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, everlasting Father. I'd love to pray for uh, one or two people here this morning. Anyone who may, who may be saying... Um, I feel in my heart that the season has come to an end. Uh, but I don't seem to be able to push through moving to the next season. But it's so strong in my heart that it looks like I'm stuck with something. Or I'm, I'm, uh, there's, there's a shift that's supposed to be happening. Uh, but I don't know how to navigate it. I don't know how to navigate it. Uh, in your heart, you just know there's a shift that's supposed to be happening, but I don't know how to navigate it. Can I pray for you this morning? Can I pray for you this morning? If, you, if you're right here in the room, can I ask that you put your right hand on your forehead, like, uh, you know, just put your right hand on your forehead if you're the person I'm talking to. If you're online, please do the same. You just feel like there's a shift that's supposed to be happening, but I don't know how to navigate it. Yeah. Uh, in whatever area of life, I, I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you. Some, something is going to shift in the spirit. Uh, the Bible says whatever we allow here on earth is allowed in heaven. Uh, we, will, we will allow a new season over your life and then trust God for wisdom uh, to walk into that new season. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone joining this prayer right now, whether in the room or online. I ask everlasting Father, let every covering cloud over this destiny is moving in the name of Jesus. Let the heavens open. Give understanding. Give wisdom. Pour out your grace, Father. Let their minds be open to possibilities and opportunities. Give someone grace to move in the right direction. Whatever has kept them in one place, today, we stand against it. And we command a shift in the spirit. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. God of possibilities, we honor you today. And we ask that you show yourself in the life of every individual. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. I also love to pray for anyone who may have, you know, a heavy heart this, this time. Your heart is heavy. It's like you're carrying a burden. A burden. I don't know where the burden is from or what the burden is about. But you're, you're carrying a burden. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone whose heart is heavy, whether you are in the room or online, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we stand in agreement of faith with your sons and daughters. We command every burden to be lifted. Let your burden removing, yoke destroying power come upon everyone under the influence of this service. Let burdens be lifted. Let yokes be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Let confusion give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the manifestation of your grace.
and your power in the life of everyone under the influence of my voice and everyone who will partake of this service online. We thank you, everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. Lastly, today, I'd love to pray for anyone who may be saying, PG, I, I, I am far away from God. I cannot really say that I have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you said a prayer before to submit your heart to Jesus for him to become your Lord and personal Savior. But you know that you, you didn't stay with that, that, that decision. Something pulled you off. And you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or maybe you never made that decision, but you want to make a decision today. You want to say, Father, I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, I consider his death on the cross as a payment for my sin. And I receive the forgiveness that comes from Jesus' work on the cross. If you are that person, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head and let me say a prayer with you if you are right in the room. I want to receive Christ into my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. But I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to just lift your right hand above your head. Just stay where you are. Remain seated. Lift your right hand above your head. If you are online, can you go to the comment or the chat and let us know that you are making a decision to follow Jesus or to accept him into your heart. Yeah. Can you just let us know in the comment? If you're lifting your hand, I want you to lift it well. I want to pray for you right now. If you're right in the room, I want to pray for you right now. It's just a simple prayer. And that's it. Just a simple prayer. Your life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. So whether you are online or you are in person right here, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, or you want to give your life to Christ, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head and say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins. That you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. I reckon with your death on the cross as a payment for my sin. So I declare right now that I'm free. Free of condemnation. Free of guilt. Thank you for accepting me just the way I am. I receive your Holy Spirit into my heart to fill my heart, to guide me, to comfort me, and to give me peace. Thank you, Father, for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you.